Welcome to another edition of the Puro Pinche Primos. Hola, primo and primas. We are the Puro Pinche Primos. I'm your primo, Chris Velasquez. Jesus, I am not Chris Velasquez. I'm your primo, Luis Velasquez. I'm just going to leave that one in. And uh, that is your primo, Christopher Costello. What is going on, primo? <laughs> it's too early in the day for you. I like that you try to turn us into one person. Yeah, yeah, we just combined. The, the merch combines. With our powers combined. What show is <laughs> I that? also like how you came in on the intro because you, you, you did the, like, the San Antonio, like, twang or whatever you call it. Prima. Prima. Yo. I'm on my Latino shit today. Did you see Bad Bunny, bro? Bad Bunny is having a moment. So let's just give it out to Bad Bunny. I know I know you don't watch Lucha. I know you don't watch wrestling. But this past Saturday, I don't know if you saw it, you heard it. WWE went to uh, Puerto Rico for the first time in 18 years. Bad Bunny came out and had a, a street fight. Was fellow Puerto Rican that the bro? I don't know if you you need to look up the entrance for Bad Bunny. Like it'll just give you goosebumps. Like him walking out to Chambea, the whole freaking Puerto Rican crowd. Like I think it's like eighteen thousand. Like everybody singing the lyrics as he's walking out to Chambea. It was it was freaking awesome. Not only that, not only that, primo, because it was in Puerto Rico, but there was a dude in the in the in the stands in the audience though that had a sign that said Mister Velasquez, and I was like, oh, that's why, like I had to pause it and go get the kids. Like, look, watch this, look at this sign, and they're like, that's us, Dad. I was like, yeah, that's probably our family out there. They're like, wow, we never see our our name anywhere. It was just, it was awesome. <laughs> no, that's amazing i'm actually watching it right now as we speak yeah so i i see him with the with the shopping cart and yeah. the, the trash can and wooden boards and it's it's good to know that these people are that hyped and, and that he's able to like bring that back to rest i remember seeing him uh do an interview where he's talking about just the hard work that he put into getting ready for a wrestling event and how much he respected it how much that was like yeah, because he did numbers. he did WrestleMania like two years ago, where like he stamped yep. himself like like he like you know WrestleMania they usually have celebrities come out and stuff like this, uh, but when he talked about it, he like yo I like I took it serious like I took three three months off of like I didn't do anything but wrestling, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Like, I just I I I love wrestling and I respect what these guys did. I didn't want to go in there and just show up. So he took three months off of touring. He said, I lost so much money just getting ready for this. But, all, but he's legit, bro. Yeah, he said that I think it was like his Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Like it was like his major moment, like sports moment. But, you know, watching all those people get so hyped and seeing all those Puerto Rican flags that immediately, like, put me in this moment of of this, like, deep-seated memory that I haven't thought about in a really long time. But I'm going to Freeman Coliseum. And I'm pretty sure it was like a weekend. It was like a Saturday taping of this event. Yeah, yeah. And be super hyped to go with you because you're the biggest wrestling fan I know. And if you, for anybody that doesn't know, if you go to any event with Luis Velasquez, you're going to have a great time. You're going to be in hype <laughs> for those events. But I remember 
like I remember like getting ready and I don't know if I'm pretty sure I think my mom dropped us off, but I remember going to pick you up at your house and seeing you come out with a Puerto Rican flag and yeah. being like, Oh no, oh no. <laughs> you were like, Why are you bringing that? And I was just just yeah, watch. I, I was trying I was yo, I, I can't tell you how bad I was hoping that at the door they were like, nah, you can't bring that in. They definitely had to do it with it. You were definitely repping super hard, but I remember you were repping uh, super hard because of Razor Ramon. And I couldn't even be mad at it because Razor Ramon was my favorite wrestler at that time. And you were, I remember you holding the flag and doing the Razor Ramon voice and you were just talking to me as if you were Razor Ramon for like 20 minutes straight. So. <laughs> but yeah, they had, it was, it was, they had a, a faction called the Boricuas. Right, and and this actually is full circle because in that faction, the leader of that faction was Savio Vega, right? And he's well known in Puerto Rico. He's like one of the few that came up to WWE. And uh, Savio Vega actually came out this weekend as as the like when Bad Bunny came out and he needed help. Of course, he's getting beat up. He needs help. Savio Vega, old crusty, but hobbled out there along with Carlito. Uh, yeah, man, but it, uh, not, I'm not gonna lie. I never been like so proud to be Puerto Rican. And then, then watch, <laughs> just watching that WWE event, like that crowd, like that crowd was geared up, bro. And there's like so many other people that like are not Puerto Rican and not Latino. They were like, "This is crazy, bro! Like this, this is one of the best events." And it wasn't a WrestleMania, but just because the crowd, right? Yeah. It was so high. Like they were like Latino to the fullest. Bro, like you, like how, like how we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago of, of like going to a, a a baseball game in the Dominican Republic or Mexico, and how just like the crowd interacts and how that's it go. That's exactly how WWE was that game for for like it's not supposed to be that good of a a, a pay per view, but they showed out. Primo. They showed out. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's the the effect of like when you don't include a group of people that are like true fans. And then what do you get realize that you've been like missing out and not tapping into like marketing group of people that are like really down for it, which yeah. I also say, you know, bad bunny. And we've mentioned this on the show before, but just like the, the global impact that he's making with regards to like representing Latinos, but also seeming to be on, you know, L- LGBTQ issues right. uh, of race nationality like he seems to be on the right side of history with regards to how he's um, he's, a, he's the presenting representation yeah he is the somebody somebody compared that was trying to uh just tell about the impact of, of him this weekend and he was like can you imagine like michael jackson at his peak coming out and like hey i'm gonna go wrestle Right, like that is that is the impact that that Bad Bunny is doing right now, and just putting like not just being Latino to the fullest, right? Like he will talk Spanish, whatever. I don't care if you're an English show, like this is my language. You want to talk to me? This is how we're gonna do it, right? And so yeah, shout out to the primo Bad Bunny, the global superstar. I I kicked myself. I think I talked about it, like he came out here to Salt Lake, and I was like, eh, no, nah, that's Bad Bunny. Like he's not even. It was like 2016. I was like, now I regret that because I would, I could never afford a Bad Bunny concert. Yeah, <laughs> now. Exactly. 
Yeah, that that was the I remember the the response to my to my mom when she was like, "Can you believe how people are going crazy for this guy?" And I was like, "He's literally the biggest star, musical star in the world." And she was like, "Nah." I was like, "Yeah, mom. You know yeah. my mom." Nah. I like, yeah, yes, I took and I showed uh, uh the other day I was listening to uh one of Bad Bunny's new song and he's with the uh uh I think we talked about it off air. He's with the. He did a song with uh, Grupo Frontera, which is like they're a Mexican yeah. band out of uh, out of McAllen. And uh, she was like, "This is a very Mexican song. Like, what is? What are we listening to?" I like this is my like. This should be my anthem. This is the most Puerto Rican song ever. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is the the most Puerto Rican song ever. Right. It starts you off. Really- yeah, it starts off very Mexican, and then she's like, "What are you talking about?" And I just wait, wait. Here comes the Puerto Rican part, and bam, Bad Bunny comes in. And she's like, "Oh, okay, I get it now. That's definitely Puerto Rican." <laughs> oh, oh man. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'll say this because I know that we're always back and forth, and, and you're always trying to make uh, wrestling an official sport, and I'm always saying that it's not a sport. So I think that. Uh, Officially because of this and, and particularly because of this show and what, what we've always tried to be about is I think we officially got to make Bad Bunny because he's a wrestler now. Grito of the week. Uh, yeah. The week. Oh, wrong button. <laughs> we haven't done Grito. I did the Will of Chingadera instead. Grito is around here somewhere. There it is. <laughs> now he's the good one, but difficult technical difficulties, primo. Let's go. Let's start talking sports. How about that, primo? Yeah. How about we move into who really should get the wheel of chingadera? We were talking about this just before we got up. Bob Huggins. Uh, oh, he's get top out of the week. That's what you're talking about. Top out week. You're right. Yes. He is so. For anybody that doesn't know, Bob Huggins is going to end up being a Hall of Fame basketball coach, college basketball coach. He's currently the head coach at West Virginia, which for anyone that doesn't know too much about West Virginia, is consistently one of, if not the poorest states in the nation. And I say that simply because... Many of those folks are kind of kept in the dark and not really well represented um, and not given kind of chances that they need for education, healthcare, and all the things that we should value and be naturally given in the United States of America, in the richest country in the history of the world. But but this week, West Virginia basketball coach Bob Huggins um, was heard using an anti-gay slur on a radio interview. And uh, as part of the consequences of punishment, he does not lose his job, which is what we were talking about. That they, I think the West Virginia basketball pro- program in no way, shape, or form was ever going to consider this man losing his job. But what he did lose was a million dollars in his contract. <laughs> I'm this sure that they're going to find a way to 
give him that million dollars. Yeah, he'll thing. get it back somehow. Like yeah. he's, it is to me just ridiculous. And and to me, it's the reason why somebody like this uh, feels like he can say something like this, right? Is because you know there's not going to be any repercussions to him, right? Uh, yeah. What I'm interested in to see, like, what's going to happen here on out. Like, what did the, the players do, right? What did uh, the other teams do when they're playing against him? What is the crowd reaction going to be? Because, um, I mean, just, like, ridiculous. And also, like, that, I don't know if you heard it, like, the, the show that he was on was just, like, gassing him up. Definitely, like, agreeing with everything that he was saying, um, oh, I'm sure. I mean, those are the that's the reason. Yeah, it was very like transphobic, homophobic. Like it, uh, it it's honestly, bro. It's like what you, what you think West Virginia would be. This is why we stay out of West Virginia, right? This is yeah. So I mean, also too is like part of it was that they were discussing when he was the head coach at at Cincinnati, um, and the the interview was a Cincinnati area radio station, but he uh, brought up an incident where in a game of Cincinnati versus uh, Xavier, which is a Catholic uh, university that uh, people threw uh, rubber penises on the floor. And his remark um, was basically referring to Xavier students as, um, I'm not even going to say the word, but a derogatory word with an uh, F referring to gay people, a reference that's been used all throughout the 1990s when we were growing up. And it was like very commonly used. Right. Um, but referred to them using that word, that F word, and then calling them Catholic and then using that F word. Um, and so I think, you know, one of the things is that uh, according to West Virginia um, University that, Huggins has agreed to make, and quote, a substantial donation, close quote, to Xavier to support the school <laughs> Center for Faith and Justice and Center for Diversity and Inclusion for, and quote, the disparaging way in which the Catholic faith was characterized in the comments, end quote. And, um, you know, I think it's like how... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me question, hold on, right? hold on. Let me, let me ask. So... They're going, he's going to donate money to the Catholic Church. No, no, no. To Xavier University. To Xavier, so Xavier is a Catholic university? Yeah. So it's not to the Catholic Church exactly, because I think I know where you're going, but he's giving it to. (laughs) He's giving it to Xavier University, the Catholic University for, uh. The derogatory uh, homosexual comments that he made. So an old white man does not lose his job for insulting a large group of our population. And by our population, I'm talking about our nation's population as Americans, right? Which goes against, by doing that, goes against our, like, constitutional rights as Americans, Loses a, a million dollars in salary, which we still believe he will get somehow, some way. And then this money is going back into being funneled to a Catholic university, in which case the Catholic Church is also against LGBTQ community members in many ways, right? So, like, 
nothing is done for people in the community that were violated and people who have a lot of money are getting Getting more more money. money. Right. And someone who operates with a great sense of privilege is still not facing consequences for their actions. America. America. This is America. (laughs) Where where the uh, former president has uh, recently been uh, found guilty for uh, raping a woman. Where a congressman who just got arrested uh, for so many different things. Particularly fraud. Particularly fraud. Right. Providing fraudulent educational references and also pled not guilty today. Yes, of course. Um, Yeah, this is America. Um, Just we need to cue the the song, This is America. Uh, Did you, not, not to jump back and forth, but did you see the Donald Trump like deposition that he did? And how he just like it, like you just let him talk, and you'll see that he will just get himself in trouble, right? <laughs> like when he's literally just be like, all you need to answer is yes or no. Stop talking. I can just see his lawyer like, please shut up, please shut up. Did you see that whole fiasco that he did? I did not. I'm trying to see as little of Trump as possible and just read about how he's. He's just a fucking idiot, bro. He's just the biggest idiot. And and yes, he lost that because he did it himself. He just he he uh first off, like he his defense was like that girl's not my type. You know, yes. I, why would I want that? That girl's not my type, and then they show a picture and they're like, Can you tell me who's in these pictures? And he's like, Oh, that's my ex wife. They're like, excuse me? Like, yeah, that's Marla. That's that's my ex-wife. Oh, so that girl right there, that's your ex-wife? Yes, that's my ex-wife. Oh, that's, no, that's the girl who's accusing you of rape. So is she your type or not? Because you just confused her. That's your (laughs) ex-wife. Right. And then, uh, of course, they bring up his his comment on uh, about grabbing girls by the, you know what? And, uh. He just he just doubled down on that, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, the, uh, you know, stars are, you know, for, for years, for millions of years, have been able to just grab girls by the, by the, you know what?" And they're like, "Oh, so you yeah. still believe that?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, stars, stars forever. Like whether I agree with it or not, stars forever uh, have been able to just grab girls by the, you know what?" And then the next question is, "Do you are you a star?" He goes, "Yeah, of course I'm a star." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the thing about is that I think he's operating as if he still thinks he's president, right? Which is like he's like immune to anything. And it's like, no, dummy, the reason that these things are happening is because that no longer protects you. And he's under the idea that he's somehow like untouchable. And I mean, again, <laughs> goes to show he's just the extreme of what we are constantly viewing in america when it comes to like not only just like white privilege right but the deep rooted um belief that you are untouchable if you are from a particular group yeah yeah this is america indeed huggins should be fired 
I like I I honestly thought that he was gonna be fired, but I'm not surprised that he wasn't. Right when I saw that come up this morning, I was like, yeah, oh well, get I guess so. And the thing is that most likely he would have been fired from like the uproar and outcry of people probably from that campus community and enrollment if he was in let's say UCLA or if he's on somewhere on the coast right or a place where in this country that isn't acceptable but unfortunately and this is what I brought up before a place like West Virginia hiding the fact that you are gay and being down on the LGBTQ community is something that is accepted in that region of the country and particularly that particular state. Yeah. You hate to put that like all on one state, right? Like there's, but like, I, I would hope we, yeah. as Texans, we, know, yeah, I mean, like we, we know that that's not us. And yet we know that that is what is going to get passed along in places like that. Yeah, absolutely. It just, yeah, I'm wondering. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm holding out some kind of hope that there will be some kind of uh, protest at that school, some kind of something at that school that will force the hand on on the on the president of of West Virginia. But I'm like, probably not. I I want to change directions to the new toughest person that I've ever heard of. <laughs> I think first off, this is gonna be the first time we've talked this sport on this show. Yeah, I think I, I brought it up actually because I went to my first of this event this year. Did not know that I would go to it. Did not think I would yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. understand it any better. And it actually changed the way I looked. Like we gotta go to one. And I'll be honest with you, if if I would have gone to the and we're talking about hockey here, if I would have gone to the New York Islanders game that I went to in Long Island before we went to that um, Titans game in Nashville together. Because remember, they had all those signs for like, uh, what are they, the Nashville, the Nashville Predator. Predator, yeah. Then we would have gone to a game, bro, because hockey is crazy fun to watch. It makes so much sense watching it live than it does on TV. Like the angles don't do it justice. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. I bring this up because the new toughest man that I've ever heard of is Minnesota Wild Center, Joel Erickson Eck, who apparently <laughs> went through the playoffs with a broken leg and now has had to have a procedure, have surgery on it. But only after he broke the leg, like 19 seconds into a game. <laughs> And now the Minnesota Wild are under investigation, under investigation for playing this guy, knowing that he had this injury. Or yeah, because they they what, they cleared him. Like he took a couple of weeks off, and then they like cleared him to play in a, in a playoff game. Because I think this happened like right before the playoffs uh, ended, and yep. then uh, they gave him like two weeks off, and like all right, here's some Percocet. Get some Toradol, go out there. And he's like, yep, got good. it, coach. We're just fitting out all these. Sure. <laughs> but he had a fractured fibula. Yeah, yeah. From a hockey puck hitting him. Yeah. Yes. Like, I I don't know. It, basically, he blocked a shot April 6th at Pittsburgh playing against the Penguins. 
missed the last four regular season games and the first two games of the first round of the playoffs before being cleared April 21st. <laughs> so really, like, after two weeks, they're like, nah, bro, get back out there. So I thought, yeah, like, I thought, like, you, like, it was, like, a longer period, like, six weeks, but nah. It was two weeks, and they were like, yo, get back out there. Yeah, yeah. So when you, uh, you you're the one, you brought this up, you're like, you want to talk about this, and I was like, okay, let, let me, let me figure out, like, what's going on. Like, are these the toughest dudes in sports? And I think the tier of sports, like, we, we love football, we talk football all the time, but football ain't got nothing on these guys, right? Like, it's... yeah. I think it's hockey. You got football players, helmets, shoulder yeah. pads, thigh pads, knee pads. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think it's hockey, then maybe rugby, mm-hmm. and then maybe football. But like, so I, I started looking up uh, just uh, injuries, uh, well-known injuries, awful hockey injuries in the history of the game. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. I'm with Clint. Yeah. What's up? Go ahead. I just wanted to add that right before this, like maybe a week ago or a week and a half ago, I saw a clip of a guy falling over another player at the net, right? Like they're all scrambling for the puck. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And another player fell forward and like put his feet up. And the dude sliced his face on the dude's skate. Well, look, here we go. Go ahead. Clint Clint Marlachuk jugular is cut open. Okay, Clint Marlachuk had been the goalie of the Buffalo Sabres in 1989. He, Steve Turtle, slashed the gas across the side of his neck, slicing open the jugular vein. Okay, the goalie, he skated off. Okay, first off, he skated off. Again. Again. on earth. Skated off. Yeah, he's taken to the hospital where he asked the paramedic, can you have me back for the third period? (laughs) They cut your jugular, bro. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be back for the third period. Uh, Mark Stahl takes a puck to the eyeball. He took a slap shot. Uh, He was wearing a visor. He can see a thing. That was pretty scary. He said an injury. I could see one dot of light. I could see one light bulb, but the guy's hand would be in front of my face. There would be nothing there. He attempted to return to the playoffs just a couple weeks later. Uh, Ooh, Nicholas Lidstrom spears a testicle. That's it. This is the last one, all right? Okay, okay. During Game 3 of 2009 Western Conference Final, Detroit Red Wings Captain Nicholas Lidstrom suffered a nearly catastrophic injury to his testicle when it was speared by the stick of a Chicago Blackhawk forward. Believe it or not, Lidstrom didn't immediately have surgery. In fact, he practiced the next day. How? How? How, Sway? How? Uh, that, that just remind me of uh, your boy Manny Ginobili walking around with one nut. Yeah, still taking charges. Still taking still charges. Take, that's actually how he lost it. Which I, yo, I remember just being like, "Damn, this guy went too far." Like, <laughs> hey, I, quite honestly, I don't know that I've ever taken a charge after hearing that Ginobili story. Not that I'm out here like playing basketball all the time, but never. Again. I was a guy that was like willing to take charges. I am no longer. You you never take again. you take charges now, covering your junk, right? You're, there's none open chest. You just 
cover your junk. Nah, I let him take it. I'm like, I just move out the way. I'm like DeAndre Ayton. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm big, but I'm just going to move. Speaking of which, I want to make sure that we cover our main, main topic for this episode, which is, and probably, actually, I'm going to lie. I'm not going to say that NBA playoffs are my favorite playoffs because there's nothing like the NFL playoffs, especially within the last like two or three years, we've been having like instant classics in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. But I will say that with regards to like a playoff series, like right now, this second round, we're getting some really amazing playoff series and really major shifts back and forth of just momentum shifts that are happening. Um, (laughs) And I think that in thinking about these, like, I'll, I'll start off with the series that I think we kind of left off at last time. But this Phoenix-Denver series is one that I'm really interested in. Uh, I think that – I don't think that Phoenix can win if they get out of it, but I do think Denver can if they get out of it. And I think and feel, based on what's happening in the East – that we are in a collision course for a Jokic and Bead NBA Finals matchup. Number one, number two MVP <laughs> candidates, and I and, and here crazy in the era of the three ball, right. dominating the way the game is played. We're gonna end up with like a in the paint center matchup of two really incredibly talented big men and and that are going to go down as some of the most talented big men in the history of the game and and we're seeing them in their prime right but i'll stick with the the west and the phoenix denver series we saw denver put it on phoenix last night right they were up by 20 going into the third i mean ending the third um and they ended up pulling that out i think that the final score was like 118 to 102 um, I'm going to get really mad at Kevin Durant for messing up my parlay because I did expect <laughs> to get over 35 uh, in a game this big, in a game five, and he didn't. But they're, you know, they're seriously missing Chris Paul as a facilitator on the floor, as they should. He's a Hall of Famer. But this Denver team, man, and like Jokic is that dude. And to win game five like that is big. And yet, I still don't have any confidence that like what I predict is going to happen because. The home team has won every game in this series. Phoenix came back and evened up the series, which I thought was a possibly headed into a sweep. Right. And they came out Chris Paul and won those two games. So I don't know. Where are you at with the, with that series? Like, Do you believe fully in Denver after this game five victory? Or do you think that there's like a chance that Phoenix could come back and win six and seven? No, I don't think there's a chance. I, I mean, I think it could go game seven. Absolutely. But I don't think that the, uh, the Sun, they're just not like... They've got the two nuclear weapons of Durant and Booker, right? And then that's pretty much it. Um, one thing I will say about this is that uh, for sure, you talk about Joel Embiid, uh, for sure, I have no problem him winning the MVP. But to me, there's no doubt in my mind that the best player in basketball right now is Jokic, right? Jokic is the best player in basketball. He shows it every single night. Embiid... You can see that he's like has some bad games. He, you know, but Joker comes with it. There is no answer for Joker. I'm, I'm I can't like if things are going the way that they're going. 
uh, seeing Joker versus Anthony Davis in the Western Conference Finals. That's going to be sick, I think. Um, but, I mean, when it comes down to, to these two teams, it just comes down to depth, right? Like I said, they've got the two nuclear, the Suns, they got the two nuclear weapons of Booker, who's averaging, like, he's, I think he's leading everybody in the playoffs point. He's got 36. He's averaging right at 36. Then you got Durant averaging 30. Um, and then it's like a big drop-off. Aiden is, is averaging 13. Um, and then that's it. Right, Chris Paul is out now. Um, and this, again, this goes to the Chris Paul per, uh curse uh he's not ever gonna win one uh, if you're on a team with chris paul get him off your team or go to another team okay you're a jinx okay. forever he's never gonna win okay but denver just deep bro they got joke is averaging 30 murray's at aver- almost 30 i think he's like 26 27 you got uh my your boy michael porter he's right at 15 gordon the best poster dunk of the year on Durant. Oh, yeah. Series. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was nasty. Dunk, ooh, I felt, I, you know, I, I don't like Kevin Durant like that. And I felt bad for him. Oh, this shit is not good for you, bro. Like, this is going to be everywhere forever. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, to me, it's over. I think, like you said, all, all the home teams are winning. So I'm not going to be too surprised if Phoenix winds up winning a game six. Let me read this Jokic stat line from last night. What you got? 29 points, mm-hmm. Easy 13 rebounds, 12 assists on 60% shooting and 66% from three. Easy win. I think he Second just. MVP voting, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I think he just uh, he surpassed uh, Will Chamberlain as, uh, uh, I think, triple doubles in, in the playoffs. As far as big man goes, so he had an interview last night on TNT, and he he just kind of threw shade at Shaq, and he's like, "Oh, yeah." He's like, the first one. He's like, "Shaq, where, where were you at on that list?" <laughs> and Shaq hey. like, Shaq was like, "I didn't pass the ball." He's like, "Yeah, I know. Okay." And I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bro, that 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 series go. Let's keep it in the West, bro. When we're talking uh, Lakers and Warriors, that uh, that uh, game six. Or game five is tonight. There's so many storylines in this game. Like, uh, what are your thoughts on this series as it as it goes right now? L.A. leads it three one. I can't believe that they're up three one. I can't believe it. And at the same time, LeBron James, like, bro, like the more that people are, like try to like diminish him. And there's these moments of just like, yeah, no, here we go. Like, just in case you're trying to talk shit. Like, I feel like that's his response to stuff. It's like, oh, you talking shit again? Watch. And then he does some shit like this, and it's like, damn. You know, this Golden State team, you know who I feel bad for? I feel bad for Steph Curry. Because he, at his size, is still continuing to, like, do amazing, amazing things, right? Like, he dropped 50 in a Game 7. No one's ever dropped 50 in any Game 7 in the history of the NBA. And this guy, this little man, like, technically, realistically, is a little man compared to everybody on the floor, is still able to do these things. He shows up every game. But he he messed up a parlay for me on some, like, positive stuff. Like, he did some stuff that, like, I didn't include him because – I thought, like, oh, like, there's no way he can have this type of game, right? 
And then what does he do? He had, this is in the loss, right? This is what he's trying to do in the loss. In the game five loss, Steph Curry had 31 points, 10 rebounds, 10 rebounds, and 14 assists in a loss. Like, the guy is absolutely phenomenal. He had, like, seven rebounds, I think, in the, like, in the first half. Yeah, I think. So the things that he does are incredible. And then, unfortunately, right, it's like who's living in whose time. And it's looking like, based on this series, that he's living in the time of LeBron James. Yeah. I think that uh, when it comes down to to me in this uh, in this playoff, when it comes to Steph Curry, especially what was it, uh, that game where he scored 50? Was it, mm-hmm. was it the last round? Right. Yeah, it was the, the last one. Seven of the last one. Yeah, game seven that that like against Sacramento. To me, like, and you know me, I'm a Magic fan, right? Like, I've always been a big, huge Magic fan when I was a kid. I think he has surpassed Magic Johnson as the number one point guard ever. Right? Yeah, I think so. And I yeah. think that we're also uh, kind of being disrespectful to him. When it comes to when we talk goat talk, right? We never you bring him up. Uh, I think like he has brought himself, not to saying that he is, but I think he's brought himself into that conversation, right? Um, but when it comes down to the series, bro, like you say, you feel sorry for for Steph. Uh, I feel sorry for Poole, right? I feel like he's being the scapegoat right now. Like he's on all the headlines. Yeah, he's playing. He's not playing good basketball right now. He he's going through a slump right now, right? Um, and, and it seems like he he keeps getting the, the brunt of everything from his teammates, from the coaches, uh, from the media. Um, but, like, let, let's go back to the end of Game 4, right? Like, I, I think uh, when it comes down to Game 4, which I think it was, like, the turning point of, of, uh, of the series, um, none of that had to do with pool, right? The end of Game 4. Uh, like I to me, it was the main guys, right? Clay was making awful shot selections, right, and he couldn't make anything. Uh, Draymond is just out there to pass the ball, right? He's not looking like it's just so predictable. They're guarding him like he guarded Russ, right? They're not really putting any pressure on him. They know he's not gonna shoot. He's not looking to shoot. Uh, so he's just like, what are you out there for, right? Like they're they're not. Yeah. yeah. A liability he's a liability right now and then Steph on that last play where he just falls to the ground and throws it out of bounds when you have a timeout in your back pocket um th- those are the main three guys right and the, the, which is interesting because that's not the the only time we've seen Steph make like a terrible pass in a clutch situation there's the finals that they when they lost to the Cavs and he tried to make like a a behind the back pass on the sideline in like a really critical moment, it was like, well, that's a, some real sloppy play. And I, you know, I think for stars, sometimes it's like the arrogance of like, everything goes right for me. Right. And I just, I feel bad for Steph because of the things that you just brought up with like the goat talk, he should be involved in that conversation, but he probably is going to be delayed for that because of the fact that LeBron's longevity and just the matchup. Yeah. Bad luck played out this way but the fact that they're up 3-1 is really surprising and i'll tell you this this is still my theory for series like these and and this one in particular you can't lose game one 
and you especially cannot lose game one at home. Yeah. You lose game one at home to me, you're, yo, you've you've messed up that series. It's almost like losing two games when you do that to me. Um, And that's how I feel about how serious a game one at home is. You lose game one if you're on the road, but, you know, to let those Lakers go back home 1-1, and then now they've, they've won taking care of business at home both times. I mean, and then I know that there was, I don't know if you got to see it, but the way in which they ran that last play, and it was like LeBron barely moved like two to three feet. He knew the play, and he knew where they were coming, and just kind of just stood in the way of their, like, pass to disrupt that play and, and then just end the game in that way was, you know, speaks to his, like, his studying of film yeah, and also just knowing. Overall knowledge of basketball is just, yeah. and even Draymond, Draymond said on his podcast that he doesn't recognize this LeBron. Like, this is a whole totally different LeBron, and it's scary to him, right? Because he's just, he doesn't, he's not necessarily being the best player on the court, right? You know, he's not necessarily dominating on the court, but he's doing every single little thing that you need for somebody. This is, to me, this is the LeBron that we expected to have three years ago when AD first came out here, right? Like, this is AD, you're supposed to be the star, and to in order to yeah. make my career longer, like, I'm just going to do these little things, right? Because I, I feel like in any single time like LeBron can just take over the game right but he to me he's saving himself right like I don't need to waste energy here I don't need to do that we're gonna do this I I will direct traffic here but he's still leading the Lakers and scoring this postseason right and he just doesn't feel like like he can't like he's I think he's at what 23 right now 23 points a game in his postseason um to me I feel like it's like the Lakers closes out tonight, and and I think so. and he gets a rest. Unless what you just mentioned, like you get a big game from like a pool. Because yeah. let me also say that although he's not the scapegoat, good players, and I'm not even saying great players, good players don't get in slumps, right? Like you don't get into a slump, and you don't get into slumps in the playoffs. Yeah, not this moment right now, right? I mean, there's you can't just have a bad series and consider yourself a good player or the number three option on the Golden State Warriors. Do you know what I think? You know what I think ultimately is happening right now is that the Draymond versus Pool is just coming back now to bite them in the butt, right? That chemistry uh, they all had as a team. Uh, it, it definitely feels like the team versus Pool. Just like the comments, him Pool not really want to talk to the media. When you see on the sidelines, like, I even saw one time Curry was, like, yelling at Poole, you know, just standing over them and then, like, go over two players and dap up Draymond. You know, it was, a you know, I got him. You know, it just kind of felt like that. All that. And then um, Draymond. You know, I I wanted to say quick. The thing is, I think that Poole might just be so much like Draymond. Right, like a lot of times when this thing boils to the surface, because people are so much alike than they are, like so far apart, and it seems like Poole's attitude, his shit talking, the way he does things, and and I've seen like interviews with other players, but particularly one with like Damian Lillard of like a pool talking shit to him, and it's like, why would you talk shit to Damian Lillard like that? Not that type of guy, because that guy gets hot when you talk shit. Yeah, but sorry, your point of like the 
it's all converging on on pool. Yeah, I just felt like you know Draymond is supposed to be the like the leader on the court, and Draymond is supposed to. And you see it with um, the Sixers and um, who was that old boy from uh, PJ PJ Tucker, yeah. right? Like when Embiid is struggling. Or when Maxi is struggling, or somebody like PJ Tucker has that leadership and that repertoire in that locker room that he can go yell at somebody, right, and get them out of a slump, right? Hey, you gotta do this and da 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 da. Draymond can't do that, and it's right. He can't do that for Pool, right? Yep. He can't be that leader to Pool and get in his face and say, "Hey, come on, you need to do this and do this." He's lost that respect, and he's lot like he can't do that. Right, so like, yep. like he can't help him get out of the slump that he's in, which he's supposed to be doing as the leader of the of the Warriors. So I think all that is just coming back to bite him in the butt. Um, it's unfortunately I would I would really like to see this this series go like seven games and just you know uh, be crazy like that. But um, let let me also give before we move to the next series credit where credit is due because of the LeBron talk. Anthony Davis has shown up in the ways in which we thought he would not. And I'm going to just give out his like points and boards in the victories from this series. Game one, 30 points, 23 rebounds. 23 rebounds. Yeah, that's nuts. Game three win, 25 points, 13 rebounds. Game four win, 23 points, 15 rebounds. He is showing up the way that people have talked trash and that he doesn't. He's doing it. He's doing exactly what he is expected to do and what he needs to do. And they're winning. And I think that that's the thing that we all knew. I just didn't know if the supporting cast would show up. But once again, I, I'm going to shout out this guy all the time. Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves might be my on-the-low favorite yeah. player not only Austin Reeves, bro, but uh, Lonnie Walker came out of <laughs> nowhere. Shout out to Lonnie Walker. Always been a good dude. Always yeah. been a great a team guy. Good to see him be successful, although in a Lakers uniform, it stings. I know. It sucks, bro. Like, it's like, as a Spurs fan, I do not want to root for the Lakers. But this team has yeah. got me in LeBron James, Lonnie Walker, and Austin Reeves being a dog. They got me rooting for the Lakers, and I don't want to. It's like everything against my my being to root for the Lakers, but they've got me rooting for the Lakers, and it sucks. But anyways, when you talk about showing up, I don't think anybody has shown up in these playoffs more than Hemi, Hemi Blood. Butler, yes, him. He is him. He is that dude. Jimmy Butler is dominating these playoffs. Uh, yeah, he is just putting that thing to these New York Knicks. Like that, I think the Knicks are realizing, whoa, we are not a legit playoff team. I think that's what I'm getting at from this series here. Is that you got lucky this first round? You played Cleveland, uh, but we talked about this before the playoffs even started. Like the West is going to be crazy, and there's only really like two teams in the East uh, that can yeah. do anything. And one of that team is already gone by Jimmy Butler. Um, so I, yep. I would just say it. It is to me in the East is uh, whoever wins Boston 
and and Philly, and it's the uh, Jimmy Butler Heat. Like the, he just he is that team, bro. And that and he's just having a incredible, incredible postseason right now. I, I was just telling somebody this morning that the thing that is the most noteworthy of Jimmy Butler's performances and the Heat is that, and hopefully that as, you know, as someone who lives in New York city, I'm rooting for the Knicks. I got orange on today for the Knicks. I'm, I'm going to be wearing blue and orange tonight. I'm going to probably be watching with some friends and trying to like root them on. But based on the last couple of games, it does not look good for the New York Knicks. It looks like Miami has them figured out and knows how to seal them up and they don't have a clutch guy to really show up and take over a game. And that's what we've been seeing from Jimmy Butler. This is the thing to me that's the most noteworthy. In two series, the Miami Heat potentially, after tonight, could end up in the Eastern Conference Finals with an 8-2 and two record. That's crazy. They will have only lost one game in each series to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. That, to me, is insane that the eighth seed is dominating in their playoff. Not just that they're winning, but dominating rounds. And they're going to look to possibly be getting more rest than the, their major opponent, which is the what's going to be the Celtics or the Sixers. And right now, it looks like the Sixers are going to pull it out. And your boy, James Harden, your favorite player, I'm going to love, love, love watching James Harden get locked down by Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I am too, bro. Like, this Heat team, bro, is like... How they're winning, right? They they can't shoot to save anybody's life, right? They're, they're, That's what I'm saying. Their shooting is horrible. They had no reason of being in this in these playoffs, right? They they skated in into these playoffs, but they I've always hear about this heat culture, right? And this the way that they do. They had they in order to be on this team, you got to pass a couple of different tests. Your body fat's got to be a certain level. Uh, your your fitness test has got to be somewhere. You're not on this team, right? Let me just tell you the the stats that to me uh, reflect on this team and reflect why you why you, how you said or they've only lost two games. Um, this is what they lead the playoff teams in. They have 18 deflections per game. First first in the NBA. First in the playoff. They have uh, seven loose ball recovered per game, first in these playoffs. Uh, two chargers drawn per game, first in these playoffs. Uh, Twelve uh, screen assists per game, first in these playoffs. All the little things that you have to do if you're not going to be a dominant team, a dominant with talent, a dominant, you know, any of that. All the little things that you need to put together. They're putting that together. And that just, to me, shouts out to the team. It's Eric Spolstra, to me, is underrated as far as uh, coaches in the NBA. He's got my full, full respect now after the, this run right now. Even if they get swept in the next round, right. this run. It's just, it's, to me, like, Spolstra is, is underrated. Like, he should, he gets a lot, you know. A lot of people overlook him because, of course, of LeBron years or whatever. But the team that he took to the bubble, right, to the NBA Finals. 
um, and Absolutely. this team right here. Like there's a there's a possibility we can have a a, a bubble rematch with the Lakers and Heat. Uh, that's something that I wouldn't mind seeing. Seeing, um, but yeah, just shout out to the Miami Heat, man. Like I, I, there's not really much to say about the New York Knicks, other than like they're just not there yet. Yeah, you're not. Like it was too early. This this run was a little bit too early for you. Season though is is a big success for them. They've overachieved this year. The Knicks have gone further than what I thought. They're gelled better. Shout out to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is a much better baller than I ever thought. I thought he was going to go to New York and just immediately like shrink. And yeah. he, the guy can play. Like he's got game. Yeah. Shout out to him. I do think, don't let him be get hurt this next round or in this final like run of this series. You let him be get hurt and not be right for the fi- the conference finals. Jimmy Butler is going to take over and make sure that they get into the finals. Yeah, he he will will it. I think the the thing that I mean, he almost did that in the bubble, right? He almost won the title yep. uh, just on the back. You know, Bam was hurt. Uh, I think Hero was also yep. hurt in those in those finals. Like he and he just he had that epic picture of him just like being gassed, like he just realized like he's been carrying this team. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, I, to me, they have a legit chance in, in the Eastern Conference Finals of, you know, as an eighth seed, again, as an eighth seed of, of like, I give them a real shot of going to the NBA Finals as long as Jimmy continues to play at this level and he doesn't get hurt. Um, if, if Jimmy gets hurt at any point, like, it's a wrap, obviously. But he is that dude to take him to the next level. Yeah, let me, let me say that too, is that, Jimmy Butler was out game two. That's the only game that they've lost in this series. So with Jimmy Butler in the lineup, they're actually nine and one in this playoff run. Yeah, and I, again, I blame New, New York Knicks fans. New York Knicks fans. Uh, when, I, when I was watching that game where, where y'all barely won against Jimmy Butler less, and y'all were talking crap to Jimmy Butler, and he was just looking at the stands like, oh, okay, okay, you got – you're talking mess? Okay, like, this is your fault. Like, you deserve this. You did this. Um, Just, I mean, you did, you're overachieved. You're here. One, one thing you say when you talk about Jalen Brunson, I think one, in these playoffs that I've come to realization is if you, if, at any point that you thought he was a number one, he's not a number one. Like, he's not your superstar in order to go over. So I think he's, he's. You might be right. He's a legit he's number two. Hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah. He he's, also take- but I get what you're saying. And I think that that's the thing. Like, I completely agree with you in that they need another person. Because the definite person that is not a number one is Julius Randle. Yeah, he's the, he's the low tier number three. If you're going to pick though, out of those two, Brunson is their number one. Jay, and, and Julius Randle's an all-star. He's their all-star. He is not the guy. Yeah. Right? He's not the But... He can be a very strong, like you just said, a number three if they get another guy. Yeah, yeah. And hey, look, I'm I'm looking at the at the series right now. The Heat uh, won a series against the Sixers during this regular season, right? So I mean, they've got the yeah, team they, to beat them. They're not scared of anybody. No, and and I do think that Jimmy Butler effectively removes Harden from the equation. Yeah. So you're gonna need like a maxi. 
and those that other those other shooters around to like step up and make it happen. And yo, <laughs> I can hear already <laughs> the the chance again from Jimmy Butler on the floor. Uh, Tobias Harris over me. Yeah, <laughs> you chose him over me. I can't wait. I hope yeah. that happens. Well, let, let's move on to this uh, this last series here in the Eastern Conference. You've got the uh, Boston Celtics took a big L. Um, this last game versus the 76ers. The uh, 76ers are now up three to two. Um, to me, think that that. Uh, that I'm getting out of this series is that the Celtics they're they're really missing Udoka right now. Not to say that uh Missoula isn't doing a good job, right? But to me, the Celtics team the last year had an identity, right? They were a defensive team. Smart was was defensive player of the year. Williams is it Williams, the center that they got, he was like yeah. Robert yeah, Robert Williams was like second or third on the list as defensive player of the year, right? And and to me, this team doesn't have that that defensive identity, and it's and it's finally being shown now. Like they they've lost that identity of, of who they are as a team. Um, yeah. And th- honestly, like the 76ers team, also they they just they feel a little bit different, right? Like I can't even say too bad anything bad about Harden. Well, you know, I like I like to trash on Harden. But especially in this series, like he seems to be like okay in the role of like I don't need to be the star, I don't need to be the dude, I'll do everything else. I'll make assists, rebound, hustle, even play defense. I see him out there playing defense that I've never really seen before. Like he he definitely settled into that role and as long as Embiid can stay healthy, like I can see them you know, possibly win an NBA championship. I'm not going to put that past this team. I, I agree because I think that Embiid at his best, I do think that Embiid has at his best can have a greater impact towards winning than Jokic. I think Jokic will have a better stat line. It'll look like he did more, but with regards to these like clutch takeover moments, I think Embiid is that guy. What's going to be interesting is if they run into each other in the finals is, who gets who in foul trouble? And I can see Jokic being smarter about that than Embiid. But I also could see Embiid imposing his will on Jokic and really frustrating him and, and giving him problems because I don't know who else, besides maybe like an Anthony Davis, and, and that would be rough for Jokic, right? He's going to have to run through Anthony Davis, although I don't see them putting Anthony Davis on him regularly, but he'd have to go through Anthony Davis and then through an Embiid. But Embiid in this moment is looking phenomenal. And I'll say yeah. this, the, I'm not, if I was a coach, if I was Doc Rivers, I'd be like, don't ever do that shit again. <laughs> but there was a play where he turned the ball over and Jalen Brown took it all away. And at the at the, the cup, Embiid came and swatted it away, fell to the ground, incredible, phenomenal, like superstar play. And yet was like, yo, you could have really gotten hurt on some shit that like, we didn't really need you to do. You were up by 13. You didn't need to do that at that time. At the same time, I'll say James Harden, if you watch that game four on Sunday, that overtime game, holy crap. That yeah, man showed real. up. Yeah, for he real. He came to play. He he looked like a superstar in that game. I think he finished with 42, and he hit that game-winning three from the corner. The, the guy, I was like, oh, shit, that's the James Harden to be scared of. Yeah. And it looks like he's 
what you said. Like, he looks like he's realizing his role in the mix and, like, figuring out how to balance that. And if he does, they're dangerous. But I don't think that they're dangerous against Jimmy Butler. You know. Jimmy Butler down. And, and and I think that you we've seen this. A frustrated Harden will burn the house down. Yeah, he absolutely. Be- he will get in his head. I think, honestly, like... Before before we started this episode, like like the the matchup I went in seeing the finals was the Lakers versus the Heat. Just having a rematch of that uh, uh of that bubble. No. <laughs> yes, my mom. No, Obi, don't me. Okay, I'm sorry. I close I closed the door on her. I'm sorry. I apologize. Just got sass. Did you hear that? She said it with her neck, too. I, I saw her bounce away. What was funny to me, though, is the way she said it sounded like she said, no locked doors. It reminded me of, of next Friday. <laughs> no locked doors. No locked doors. <laughs> oh, locked doors. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, the, the matchup that I thought I wanted in the finals was, was the rematch of, of the bubble and just seeing if Butler can do it against LeBron uh, with a healthy team, with a healthy BAM, and they probably get, uh, what's his name, Hero back. But you definitely convinced me that definitely I want to see Embiid versus Joker in the NBA Finals. That is that is the matchup that I want to see without a doubt, yeah. That'll be crazy. That would match of theories that can work out really well. Yeah, that'll definitely be the one I'd like. I would definitely sit down to watch every every game. Uh, some big things coming up, primo. Um, we've got NFL uh, schedule coming out tomorrow. By the time this this is out, we will have the NBA. I know for sure we have the overseas thing. Schedule's already out. The Titans will be playing the Baltimore Ravens. On October Is that 15th. in London? Yeah, I think that's that's in London on October 15th. That's a for sure game. And then we get the, the rest of the uh, the games tomorrow. And then, Primo, the one we've been waiting for. Next Tuesday, the NBA Draft Lottery. Will we get the number God. one pick? Hopefully, the, the Spurs screwed up like I knew they would and winning that last game of the season. Now, like, our percentage is dropped. Like, we're more likely to get the sixth pick than we are to get the first pick because of that one stupid win the last game of the season because, like I told you before the season started, like, Popovich wants to win every game, and he won't bench nobody to try to tank, and he just... (sighs) I love that you would text me every time they won and be like, why are the Spurs winning? Why are we winning? Why quit winning this fucking games every single game? <laughs> but uh, l- look for that episode next week when we talk about the, the the draft lottery. When we talk about uh, these NBA playoffs, we'll be definitely heading into the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. At this point, we talk NFL schedule. I look forward to talking to you guys. Look forward to talking to you, Primo, next week. We are the Puro Pinche Primos, and we are out.